Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined as always by my friend, Michael Wifford. Here comes the king. Here comes the king. So that sound is because we are moving into Return of the King. Rewatch and discussion again here. Revisiting it. Looking forward to getting into this one here. Before we do, if you want to get in contact with the show... You can get at us in the DMs, comments, or tags on Instagram at Fantasy Rewind Pod or on Twitter at Fantasy Rewind. So before we jump into Return of the King as well, we have some announcements here as far as like just a quick news update here. Uh, so I'll pass this over to you, Mike, so you can kind of give us the news. Yeah, so on the Wheel of Time front here... Uh, we have a couple of news, big news items that happened over the last week or couple weeks. <laughs> uh, but basically, the newest news is that Amazon uh, has reported that series that the Wheel of Time series has wrapped season two filming. So, <laughs> all these you know news outlets that were like, "Is the Wheel of Time coming out this month?" No, it's not. Or is the Wheel of Time <laughs> coming out this month? Like, no, they just wrapped filming season two. So we're probably def- we're definitely looking at the end of the year after all the editing and stuff. I right. honestly wouldn't be surprised if they skipped this year and just went into next year. That's what I'm predicting. Like I said, February, March 2023, mm-hmm. that's what I'm expecting. And I don't know, and I, I guess I could do some research on this, but the Lord of the Rings show, I don't know if they've already started filming for season two, but they could also, what maybe end up happening here is they could skip a year. Mm-hmm. And then Wheel of Time could, like, plug in, and so it's, like, every other year one of them's going. With the amount of VFX they're going to have to do would not surprise me at all if that's the way that they took it. And it'd probably be the smart thing to do because of how much you want to actually make sure that it's finished. Because what we got, you know, could be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And it, it also makes me wonder, too, if Game of Thrones, what that timeline's going to be like, are they going to be doing releasing that every year? You mean Fire is and Blood? Limited runs? Yeah, Fire and Blood is a, a limited run series. Don't really know. So going to have to look into that as well. Uh, the other bit of news here, and very exciting news, is that uh, The Wheel of Time has cast Aeola Smart as Avienda. Which was met with <laughs> very that was mixed great reactions. From divide. The fans. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited that they have Avienda in there. Me too. To be honest with you, uh, this actress is how I always pictured her when I was reading the books. And I know there's going to be people who are going to be like, "What? You didn't read the descriptions?" Like, but I always imagined like desert people. They were always going to be. They always had like a darker skin tone. They weren't like a lot of people. They weren't desert about gingers. <laughs> Yeah, they weren't a bunch of desert gingers. And I, I can understand both sides of the arguments here. Um, that, you know, like how does uh, Loyal and other people identify Rand as an Aeolman if he doesn't exactly look like that? And really, there isn't going to, I don't, there isn't going to be any kind of distinguishable features here, I, I don't think. So how they write themselves out of that one i don't know yeah because loyal instantly identified Rand because of his hair as being an aielman and so with him and avienda supposedly both being of aiel descent mm-hmm. uh, nah, uh i don't know man but i'll say this i don't know i either. think that robert jordan's description of the aiel as kind mm-hmm. of being more um 
not the it was not a bunch of desert gin, desert gingers. <laughs> it was his <laughs> description. He mentioned lots of times how they were sun darkened and everything, but you could also like just make some sense of it yourself, like thinking about it. Like I told Mike that although I have reservations about the Aeola smart casting for Avienda, like I did kind of always picture the Aiel as being more like Aboriginal than being more like Norwegian based as far as like yeah. just making sense when you're talking about the people who would basically live without water it would make sense for them to kind of be more um be more dreadlocked be more um what i want to say just be more like native american-esque with some of mm-hmm. the like rituals that they had and like the sweat tents and everything like there's yeah. so much borrowed from inspired. native culture yeah it was definitely inspired by indigenous yeah. groups and i think too like even if you think about it in terms of the books like they could have like maybe that like red hair is specific only to the Aiel group and they did talk about though too that they had like blonde and other things they did brown hair too because at some point there probably was at least a little bit of there was contained diversity yeah and we know that red hair is a recessive gene anyways right i I mean we're we're, i'm going off into the into the woods with this one but i'm excited about it i'm excited to see what they do with her um i'm still have a like i keep coming back to it i have a lot of reservations about the wheel of time series and what they've been doing with it um and we we talked a bit about it when we uh met up recently Mm -hmm. but i i i'm my biggest problems with the wheel of time series has nothing to do with the casting and the aeola smart casting i am totally willing to give her a shot to see Mm -hmm. how she performs as avienda but the actors have all been fine. Yeah, been all I, great. It's really just mm, the story. Yeah, uh, what they've done to it, and I think reading, reading the Shadow and Bone book—that's that, what I'm reading right now. Um, and as I'm reading it, I'm just like, oh yeah, this is I. I can remember what happened in the show as I'm reading this book, but the book is just adding a little bit more nuance to it. But the I can remember the episodes following very closely, at least. <clears throat> and I'll probably go back and rewatch it, honestly. Yeah. Because it was a really good, really well done first series, even if it is a little, uh, a little romancy, you know, and that's, uh, I don't really care. But I think about what they did, like what Netflix did with Shadow and Bone and what Amazon did with Wheel of Time. And it really is like a, just a, oh, it's a different series. Just, <laughs> it is, it is not a wheel of time adaptation it is a tv show that is inspired by the wheel of time universe i think that's a much better way of putting it yeah and i think if i have that mindset i'll be okay a little bit better about it but it just makes me so sad because what it could what could have been right you know and maybe i need to go i need to go probably go back and rewatch it but at the same time i feel like all it's gonna do is make me mad <laughs> And so I want to kind of get away from the, yeah. the Wheel of Time bashing a little bit here. Because, I mean, yeah, I know. we Sorry. do love the Going series the a lot as far as the book series goes. And I really mm-hmm. want to like the show. I'm not quite there yet. I'm really hoping it turns around, but we'll see. Um, I do want to say, though, that Mike brought up Shadow and Bone here. I read Shadow and Bone. I told Mike 
please read Shadow and Bone. So he's reading Shadow and Bone now. Uh, we are going to, once he finishes, we're going to dive in and talk about that book. And then we're also going to talk about the series after that. And plus, coming up as well, there, of course, is going to be Rings of Power and mm. see how that goes. And that and also, also means Fire and Blood is coming. Yep. And right now, if I'm being honest, that is my most anticipated show because yeah. that's looking It just, the teaser good. trailer, which we talked about before, just looks so good. Just looks so good. And I'm going to make, I'm going to make you, Dylan, I, even if I have to bring him with me, I'm going to make you read the Sandman series so we can discuss that when that show comes See, out. I want to watch Sandman. I want to read Sandman. I know you oh, are yeah. so hyped about that. I love it. I love that series so much. So I, or the graphic novel so much. So I'm excited to share that with you. But we digress. Let's go ahead and get into Return of the King. Yes, here. nine minutes in. If you're still here with us and wanting to hear about Return of the King, let's Thank do you. it. I have to start off here and just say that uh, overall impressions, real fast here. One, like rewatching the movie, one, <laughs> I forgot the extended edition's four <laughs> hours or four and a half. I, I don't remember how long it is now, but it was forever. I had to break it up um, because I had some, I had like some schoolwork to do there. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's like two o'clock and I started this at, you know, 11. <laughs> but that movie is the payoff. From all the buildup with all that character development and the fellowship and then into the two towers, this was the payoff. You saw so many characters just realize their full potential in this movie. And I thought that was just so rewarding this time as I was really paying attention to that. Uh, I do think there was some cheesy elements to it. Of course, of course. Um, There was some cheesy elements to it, which I didn't really like, but... Overall, this movie was just, it was, it's fantastic. It's definitely, like, right up there with The Fellowship. I do think The Two Towers is my least least favorite of the of the th- trilogy, which isn't saying anything That's because it's a, a bad great movie, thing. too. Something has to be but the lowest. Ret- yes. But The Return of the King is definitely up there right with The Fellowship. I do think I still like The Fellowship just a little bit more just because of, like we talked about, you know, coming into that, like, really... Uh, beautiful middle earth atmosphere of the shire and then like that transition for our characters into the into the start of this adventure like they finally got to rivendell like we think we're done and then oh we got to keep going and yeah just that whole that whole uh yeah sorry we're done with the fellowship, we're done with the fellowship. return, of the, game, return of the game what were your what were you what were your big um takeaways or thoughts over marching thoughts? yeah so i being honest when i originally watched return of the king it was not my favorite. It was my least favorite of the trilogy. When oh, the wow. first time I ever watched Return of the King, I was in theaters. I was like, okay, you know, I like Two Towers a little bit more than this. What's it about? Ooh. But as I've watched it more and more, and of course with the extended editions, making it mm-hmm. so much more complete, it's definitely now, overtaken you, Two Towers. I don't know if you've felt this way, but... I've watched the extended edition for this one, and like the other two, I could tell the parts that were added in. There was only one part in this movie that I was like, I know that was added in. See, I know but what's like added in for of Return it, of the King. Like the entire Mouth of Sauron section of that was added in. Oh, um, I must some have of the watched scenes this, in the Shire. this version so many times. Yeah. Oh, I just remember the Aragorn. Oh, well, the Aragorn, the Aragorn Palantir, Palantir scene. Yeah, the Palantir scene and um, mm-hmm. Pippin 
there is a little extra added in there too with him. Yeah, but okay, getting into overall thoughts on Return of the King for me is I did really like it. The Battle of Pelennor Fields is always one that I really look forward to. I love that fight scene. I yeah. love the the sequence of events that happens. Like there's a couple lines that I love in this movie. Like the scene where Aragorn is being tempted and then he just looks back and he's like for Frodo. Oh. It's just That's, like it's, it's instant epic. goosebumps. Like Yeah, it's just uh, so good. So good. Love that part. I really love the part where Frodo's like Smeagol, you promised, you promised. And Smeagol, Gollum's like, Smeagol promised, Smeagol lied, <laughs> and goes after him. Love that line, love that part. Yeah. But the entire movie is just fantastic. I love seeing um, the the battle there of, of Pelennor Fields with Eowyn coming into her own there, how she mm. and Mary are kind of like their own little band of misfits riding into battle there where no one else wanted to take Mary with them. And Eowyn just is riding out, hand outstretched, and snatches him off the ground. It's like, you're coming with me. And he's like, my lady. <laughs> and that part is great. Um, well, him and him and mm, Pippin. They shined like, in this when movie. I was talking, when I was talking about characters finally realizing it, all the, all the hobbits yes. really did. I mean, Frodo was probably the only one who started to fade, mm-hmm. and which made so much sense. Right. And, like, and that's why, at the end, he left. Right. You know, because he was no longer... This was no longer a place for him. He was done growing. Mm-hmm. He had been used up, really, in this process. Whereas, like, Sam had grown as a protector and oh, a yeah. friend. And Pippin had grown and found, like, uh, like, honor and responsibility and doing the right thing, even though he was used to just slacking off. And Mary, like, standing up with people and, reali- like, being able to, like, get in there and actually fight and contribute, too. All the hobbits really just grew. And, I mean, Aragorn as well, Aragorn, going yeah. from a ranger at the beginning. Denying his heritage, to do yeah. with man. Mm-hmm. To, like, fully being a leader of men. Mm-hmm. Like, when you see the transition from Aragorn to Elisar in the films here, after the Battle of Pelennor Fields, I feel like, is when that transition happens. And to me, it's almost a completely different character. Like, the responsibility that you just see him wear, like, armor, he's like, you are, you know, going to follow me here. I am going to do this thing. It needs to be done. I'm probably going to die. But you know what? We're marching off and telling the Lord of the Black lands to come forth yeah and all of that good stuff there we're gonna kick your teeth in if you're gonna kill us so here's a question for you so talking i just gotta say my one of my favorite scenes you talked about when aragorn turns around and like that whole thing gave you goosebumps at the end at his coronation when he goes up and he's like you know shaking hands and everything when he goes to the hobbits and they bow and he's like you bow for no man yeah and then they all bowed I just like <laughs> that's that scene there is just like because it, it just gets you right in the feels. It's just like, yeah, because of what they did. Right. Well, specifically Frodo. Specifically Frodo, but. yeah. I like though how when Aragorn's like, My friends, you bow to no one and everyone bows to them, Mary and Pippin are like, Yeah, that's right. I bow to no one <laughs> <laughs> And it's like Sam and Frodo are the two that earned that right. Mary and Pippin. Yeah. You know, they tagged along for the ride. And I mean, like you said about Pippin taking on more responsibility, it's not in the movie here, but in the books, you know, he becomes basically Lord of the Shire, basically mayor of the Shire mm-hmm. and everything. 
he's way less of a jokester, a prankster, like way less irresponsible in the books than he is in the movie. But you know what? He Billy Boyd, he did awesome as Pippin, and I loved him as Pippin. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine anyone else playing Pippin. No, um, no, not at all. But talking about just that transition from Aragorn to Elisar there as well, one of the things I wanted to bring up with that was how when the reveal of Arwen happened there, like, and he just immediately just like whoosh, smooched right on in there again. And it's like, oh, yes, you won the battles. Now you get your your prize there. Um, I thought that it was so uh, weird as far as like how it was done. I did too. I thought I, I did. I agree with you. When I was watching that, I was like, I know she's there and the, how they're Mm -hmm. doing this is seems really just silly. Yeah. I mean, if we're being honest and I know it was at the time, probably fine. Like, Oh yeah. Cause you didn't, if you didn't watch it or if you didn't know, like, cause you didn't know what happened to it technically. Right. But we know, so, like, that's gone. But, I mean, it was probably there for that just effect for some people. And it didn't, it doesn't age well, especially with rewatches. Right. I mean, if we want to get into some of the corny stuff as well, we... Yeah, let's do the corny stuff from Return of the King here. Okay, first and foremost, I have a huge bone to pick at the Battle of Pelennor Fields, right? Yep, yeah. Okay. That's what it's called. mess up a thousand names here. (laughs) Uh, But... When they all rode up on horses, and then they, you know, and then where do the horses go? They get surrounded. Where do those horses go? Who rode up on horses? Like, Aragorn and... uh, Aragorn didn't ride up on a horse. When they were traveling there? Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli took the Corsair ship with the Army of the Dead. No, 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 no. Sorry, not Pelennor Field. Sorry. Oh, at the, at the Black Gate. The Mouth of Sauron, yeah. the Black Gate. Yeah. Okay. Apologies. Wrong battle. Yes, you're right on that one. Uh, sorry, I meant that battle. They all rode up to go, you know, distract Sauron, and they rode in in horses, and then all of a sudden, in between, like, cutting off the head of, or the Mouth of Sauron's head, and getting back to the people, like, and then when they came up again and tried mm. to tempt him... The horses just disappeared. You're right. Don't know what happened to them. Mm. But they got encircled, so I guess maybe they just put them to the center and just... Or I, I, you know Protect what I mean? the like, horses! Like we don't one, want to walk back to Gondor! It was just one of those things where I was like... They should have done added just a little scene where it's just like, oh, they're coming out. Like, Shadowfax leads all the horses away because mm. he's the lord of horses. That makes like, a lot of sense. Okay, real quick. Okay. Yeah. It's good, but like I was just like watching it. I was just like, "Wait, they just had horses, and now they don't." And there's, <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those small things that just like, come on. See, I think it's funny though because we were talking about like the corniest moments from Return of the King, and that was the first one you brought up. To me, well, I think that was my biggest issue. Okay. One to me, there's a lot of the bad or... bit of cheese that I bring up every time I Legolas. talk about this. Legolas, yeah. Taking yeah. down the Oliphant. <laughs> and Gimli's like, that still only counts as one. <laughs> Again, it's for humor. It well, is. Even like the ghost warriors riding up on top of the elephant and dragging it to- I was like, okay. I mean, that does make sense, though, because no one can touch them. I know, but I'm just saying, like, and also, like, 
no one can touch them, but they can get on top of things. They can touch you, you you can't touch them. It's kind of like that type of situation. (laughs) I know, I know, I'm nitpicking there. But also, um, talking about Eowyn and Mary, Eowyn riding, you know, between the elephants. Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, cutting it like no, you're, that sword ain't doing sh- right. Nothing. Not doing shizzle. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. I was like watching. I was like, I know it's all for that element of awesomeness, and it is cool. But like mm-hmm. realistically, that's not. That's like a. That's like a paper cut. Yeah, right. And I mean, the other thing I have a little bit of an issue with with <laughs> Aon fighting there is if she was really that skilled of a warrior. Why was she being denied her opportunity to go and and fight with this? Was it just because she was a woman? Was it because they didn't want her there so she could continue their line if anything happened? I think that was somewhat portrayed by the king. He was like, you need to stay here and lead, Mm. you know. And I think that was kind of what they were going for there with that. Not necessarily because she was a woman, but because... Well, probably to protect her and to protect the line. Yeah. But they they don't really specify either way. But talking about Eowyn still, like sticking with her for a minute, the other piece mm-hmm. that is all that I know is always added in here is the scene at the healing grounds with her and Faramir. And yeah. so that piece there was not in the original theatrical cut there, and I'm really glad they included that in there because at the theatrical version, you just like see them together at the very end there at Aragorn's coronation. And you're like, wait, what happened here if you hadn't read the books and didn't know they got together? But in this one here, you kind of start to see those seeds of romance being a little bit planted there. Or at least them starting to talk together and be like, oh, they didn't meet. They're not just two strangers standing next to each other. It's actually meaningful that they're next to each other here. And I just, I think it's really interesting, though, that her character does shift so much. Mm Mm-hmm. So after that battle, and then, like, within the healing, and then even later, it's like, okay, like, I did my bit of glory, now I'm just gonna go and do what all women do, and just get married. Like, I almost wanted it to be a little bit more like, you know, almost like maybe she's, like, she had, like, a sword on her hip or something still, and, like, she's still, Mm. like... Yeah. You know, I did this and I'm still ready to I'm do still this capable of this to do this again. Yeah. Instead of like, okay, I did it and I proved that I could do it and now I'm just going to go ahead and do what I was See, like, I don't be a lady. I don't think it was her hanging it up to because she did what she set out to do. I think it was yeah. more she realized the horrors of war watching her uncle getting murdered that way in front of her suffering the grievous injury she did by taking out the witch king i wish they just added just a little little bit more there you know Mm. just a little dialogue like maybe her just like as she's healing like even talking with faramir just like picking up the sword and being like and he'd be like oh like did you like even like acknowledging and like hey like i heard like you were you did some you took out the witch king like are you planning on leading armies or anything and she's like no i've seen the horrors of war like no i i've like, seen what know, battle offers just, me or something just, like that and i know it's yeah. a movie and i know i'm nitpicking here but just a little bit more to just really iron that in and explain why because you know that was her whole character like i want glory i want this and that and hmm. you're right you could definitely infer what you're saying from the from that but just give a little bit of element to it even if it is just picking up a sword like pulling it out for a moment 
looking at it setting with like it down and then just sheafing it yeah. and like putting it away yeah or Makes throwing sense. it away you know so getting in here into some of the questions here that you knew were coming so <laughs> what is your favorite moment of the return of the king extended edition here well, I, like I did say before, I do love that end there where, you know, Aragorn's talking, to, says to Frodo, like, no, you'd bound to no man. Um, I I think I, all of it's really good. All of it is really good. And I could say a d- ton of different scenes for different reasons. I really do enjoy, though, the hobbits going back to the Shire. And I know this would be an issue with a lot of people because... <laughs> because of what happens, those, yeah. Yeah, in the books, for those who don't know... Uh, when they do return to the Shire, it is actually not peaceful and tranquil like nothing ever happened like it is in the movie. Uh, in fact, Saruman yeah. had not gotten killed at that in at that point in the books and instead had relocated to the Shire yeah, uh, to and take it over. Yeah, Sam- Saruman and Wormtongue, which Wormtongue did end up killing him. He did. Uh, still, but it was just in the Shire and not... And it was also a bunch of hobbit archers that took out Wormtongue instead of Legolas. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I think, to be to be fair, like, when I read the books, even, when I got to the point in, like, at the end where Aragorn got coronated and they were all heading back, like, I was like, and then all of a sudden I got to that other, the Battle of the Shire, I almost was like, this just seems, like, unnecessary, really. And I know, like, it is part of the books, and it, it, See, it is like built that it. way, but it... What did you say? See, I like it that there is uh, the, the scouring of the Shire, because to me, what that shows you is that, yes, they may have like left and taken the war elsewhere, but it still mm-hmm. reaches everywhere. There's no part of the world that is left untouched by the horrors of war. And so that's like fair. that's really was what my takeaway is from the scouring of the Shire, is that even Paradise which the Shire's not meant to be paradise, but, you know, it's still, like, a tranquil, peaceful land, even this place can see and be in, like, war and be infected by the outcomes of war. And it does cause, you know, the hobbits to change and adapt. And uh, so it is an important piece of the story, by all means. But I I do like the, going back to why I like this scene so much, I like them coming back, and it's because... It, that really is just like it puts the um almost like the stamp mm. like this is done like the wax seal on the story because they go at the beginning in the green dragon in and then you know at the end there they're back and it's just like even though they clink their mugs together it's not the same no much more somber and you can tell that and i just think that's so, such a great way to end that and then you have the gray havens and everything else that happens which is all really good but it's just it's just so satisfying. I guess that's why I really enjoyed it this time because I've seen the entire adventure again in like not in one sitting, but close to, you know, a week or so apart, and I I got that really satisfying ending that I wanted. So for what me, about you? yeah. So for me, my favorite scene from Return of the King, I think my it has to be the Battle of Pelennor Fields. Um, just because of how great it is. Um, in particular, the scene that I really like is when the Rohirrim arrive and march in. And it's just, it's like the pinnacle of cinematography as far as epic warfare goes. 
and oh, that yeah. part there just it's amazing but not just that part of that scene the scene when the Rohirrim think they've won and then they hear the horns of the Oliphants and everyone from the south coming oh, in from behind them yeah and it's like oh no we're not done yet yeah elephants. like just that shift that tonal shift of yeah we took care of those orcs what now oh no there's more <laughs> like that part that shift there is amazing i like that part a lot uh it's definitely the battle upon lower fields is my favorite battle in the entire trilogy of lord of the rings here pants down um yeah, nothing too two towers does not come close at all no and there really no. isn't any other battles anyway but yeah i mean yeah true um, so one thing I wanted to point out as well, just like random little tidbit here. I brought up how little Frodo talks to Legolas and we were talking about Fellowship of the Ring. There's yeah. the scene when Frodo gets back from Mount Doom and everyone's coming in to Raven greet Hill. him again. And uh, Legolas says nothing. Everybody gets like a Merry Pippin or like you guys, except for Sam and Legolas. <laughs> and it's just like, with Sam, the reason, the rationale behind that for me is like, what else is there to say? You know, like you were there for me through everything. Words can't describe how much you mean to me. With Legolas, oh, it's like, who are you? <laughs> I know. I you know when I was watching that, and I immediately thought about what you had said before, and I was like, he's and it was as it was going, I was like, they're just, they were just looking at each other or whatever, and he's smiling at him, and I was just like. There, there, nothing happened to you. Like, you're going to say anything? No? Okay, nope. it'd be kind of awkward if he did say anything, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, okay, so the next part I want to talk about here um, is what was your least favorite part from Return of the King? Oh, so it's, it's a part that I actually liked a, quite a bit when I was watching it when I was younger. When they're going into, um, oh gosh, where the dead people are. What is that? A Paths of the Dead? Yeah. That, that scene this time just felt, I don't know, it just felt a little, just a little weird. Mm. I guess it just didn't feel as good. Um, maybe it was some of the effects. I don't know. And, the, and, like, the skull thing afterwards, and they were, like, running on the skulls and all that, too. I was just like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. That that scene was probably off for me. I would say that. But if we're going to, like, my specific least favorite scene is just, like, not that it didn't feel good or didn't look as well as the rest of the movie. It would definitely have to be Faramir's father eating. like Oh, eating the tomato? Eating the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eating the tomato is like they're going to the battle. And I know why they're doing it. It's yeah. always been an uncomfortable scene for me, which it's meant to exactly, be. Exactly, yeah. Um, and so I guess like that one would probably be up there. And just like, come on. Like his character, again, very punchable. Sense. Understand why? Very punchable. <laughs> very punch. Very punchable, very slap. Honestly, slappable. Yeah. I yeah. feel like just like very you know, staff full, slappable. <laughs> full like Batman meme, just like. Mm. Uh, what about you what is your so for me i was going to say any scene denethor's in (laughs) but (laughs) that's because like in particular like the pyre of denethor i liked that chapter in the book a lot i thought that was an amazing chapter Uh, but the portrayal on the scene on the screen here 
it was done well. Like, I don't have any problems with how it was done, but just I don't like Denethor at all. And I know you're not supposed to. So that means Peter Jackson and the actor who played Denethor did really well because they made me not like him. But any scene he was in was always for me, um, with the exception of the scene where it was two towers, right? Where there was a scene with Boromir, Faramir, and Denethor talking by Osgiliath. Yes. Yeah, so I liked that scene with him in it just because of what it meant for Faramir and Boromir. But in Mm -hmm. The Return of the King... I don't like any of the scenes with him, in particular the pyre of Denethor scene, where he's like, I'm going to burn my son alive, and I am going to burn myself alive too, because I can. <laughs> yeah, better to choose our own death than yeah. to wait for it. And I'm just like, so what What Denethor's character really represents is when you give up hope. It does, 100%. And I think it's so important to the story because you see like everyone else around him has not given up hope. There's people who are complicit with him. Um, but he is the epitome of just giving up hope. And so it's it's such a dangerous thing. I wanted to ask you as well, because I know it's very different from the books, but what are your thoughts on the confrontation between the witch King and Gandalf? I'm trying to remember what that was like in the books. <laughs> Basically, the Witch King did not break his staff and yeah. like send him running off like a peasant. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I think they amped it up to just so the power of the Witch King. Right. So then when Eowyn killed him, like... Exactly. It's like, oh my gosh. I think it was uh, done, yeah, like you said, for that very reason. To just show how big of a threat he actually was. Because if he could do that to Gandalf... What could he do to a regular person? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's fine. I, I do remember you mentioning that. I do remember when I watched this originally after having read the books in that scene, like not being particularly happy about the staff breaking. But now I understand why they did it. Right. It's fine. No, again, that's something like I don't like like that scene a lot but i don't have too much of a problem with it either i mean i know it's different from the source material but eh it's whatever um so talking about one of in my opinion the more underrated villains in the lord of the rings series here shelob is it oh yeah so what are your thoughts on shelob that scene rewatching it one as as a kid like that was a very scary scene um and to be honest with you i think i've probably i've definitely watched the fellowship of ring a ton of times and i've watched actually thinking back the return of the king a ton of times um because i i remember seeing it in theaters like three or four times actually (laughs) um different different instances um but sheila that scene is always like even in the books like always kind of creepy but Mm. i'm not big on insects anyway (laughs) but i think they did a really good job and this was such a cool moment one for sam Mm. and frodo to kind of like both have an opportunity to do some action stuff which doesn't really happen for them right too often and really to show just how evil Gollum was to like lead them to her which I do want to bring up... I, I keep bringing up some things I have issues with. In the movie, there is one little thing that 
bugged me this time around too. And it was between Sam and Gollum. Like Sam legit heard Smeagol Gollum say how he was planning on killing him. And then it was, he got upset and like, you know, obviously it was like kind of like going to hurt him or fight him or whatever. And then Frodo was like, no, stop. He's like, I heard him. I heard him, Mr. Frodo. And then he's just like, almost just like, that was it. Like, oh, it's not a big deal. Like afterwards, like mm-hmm. I would be sitting there like, no, he said he was going to kill us. You know, it was almost like, okay, Mr. Frodo's okay with it. So we'll just, we're done with that now. Yeah. I, I agree with you. That was a little strange because Sam legit heard Gollum saying, we'll take the ring from them once they're dead. He's like, you're not going to kill me. And then Frodo's like, no, he didn't say that. He's like, I heard him. No, you didn't. Yeah. Okay, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of like, oh, okay, like I'm grumpy now, but like, and then like, you know, I, yeah, that was, that's it with that. But Sheila, overall the effects, like her, that whole scene with her, which is really creepy and like, yeah, just fun. I thought it was a and really that's... nice way to bring like a fantasy-esque monster and connect yeah. it to the real world fears. Because a lot of people are afraid of spiders. So like having Shiloh be this giant spider who just like preys on anybody she can get her hands on, you know, was great. And with her being so big and everything, loved it. Um, so a couple other parts that are like right around that part of the film that I have some problem with. Um, but I know we're bringing up like little nitpicks and everything, but I still genuinely love this movie. But yeah. um, the part where Frodo's captured, he's like, Sam, they have it. They took the ring from me. Sam's like, I beg your pardon, but it's right here. Frodo's like, mine, give it. No, you can't touch it. It's my burden, not yours. So like he was cool with the Mordor people having it. But once he knew it was right in front of his face... He could not bear to have Sam carry it and not himself. Like, you even saw him kind of sigh with relief as he put it back on his neck. And to me, like, that just showed the corruption of Frodo, the power the ring has over him, even closer to Mordor here. But Which is good because at the end there, when he's right at the edge and he has it dangling, you're like, and he's just like, no, I'm going to keep it. Like, it gives, like, there's... Because he's walked all this way. He's gone all this way. Why just stop now? Yeah. You know? I think that's an underrated part because the power of the ring gets greater the closer it gets to where it was made. Oh, because it's more frantic. It's just like... It's like, no, you're not going to destroy me. You got to keep me. I'm shiny and pretty. I can make you invisible. (laughs) Um, But also... too much else. The scene scene where... uh, Sam and Frodo are dressed up as orcs and doing their little, like, fight thing in there. I'm like, come I on, know. that's <laughs> that's a little yeah, bad. I know. I know. But still, I mean, it's it's an interesting turn of events, like, once they get to Mordor. Because it's like, okay, now what? And like you said, that's mm-hmm. when you see Frodo finally give in to temptation, become Frodo in, of the Nine Fingers, and all the other great <laughs> songs that did not make it into the movie. <laughs> Oh, Frodo of the Nine Fingers. I love it. You don't remember that? That was like a legit song from the books, I think. I I forgot. I have to reread the books, to be honest. I, I know, so I did too. <laughs> I've read The Hobbit pretty recently, but mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings I have not reread in a long time. Yeah. Overall, though, um, <laughs> definitely two thumbs up on it. At great... The, the Battle of Palomar Fields, epic. 
really, like you said, one of the best fantasy battles of all time. I really can't think of one that comes even There's close. There's one that I can think of, which I, I don't know if I'd really say it's as good, but it's from Game of Thrones. The battle uh, where Jon Snow gets like buried in the bodies of people yes. there. That battle was yeah, freaking the battle cool, of the, too. Yeah, the yeah, the battle of the bees. Yeah. Um. Yes, the battle of the bee words. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Like, that that was a... The, Game of Thrones would be mm-hmm. probably next level there with that, too. But Pelennor Fields is definitely the most epic fantasy battle in terms of that stuff going on. And really focusing on the battle, you know? A right. lot of times, like, I think about Star Wars probably would be, like, a sci-fi with some big battles, but it was never about those battles right. as much as it was just about... The battles well, were happening, but it was, like, a little subset that you kind of were worried about. Like, you weren't worried about the fighter pilots fighting the TIE fighters or everything. You worried about Luke blowing up the Death Star. And as like, that one little tiny portion there that you were focused in on, everything else didn't matter. But for here... You saw, like, you saw Aomer facing down the Oliphants with his spear and, like, taking them out with a shot to the ear, which was pretty cool, too. A little cheese, but pretty cool. cool. Yeah, a little cheese. Um, But, yeah, you had everything in the battle. You saw Theoden getting murdered. You saw (laughs) Eowyn and Merry stepping up, taking out the big bad Witch King. Mm -hmm. But all in all... Yeah, you got it all. Yeah, all in all, Return of the King is more than just that battle. It's a fantastic movie. I like how like the discord that aragorn and theoden have about should we go to gondor's aid and aragorn's like yeah and theoden's like nah but then when push comes to shove theoden does honor the vow he had made to uphold Mm -hmm. the the truce they had if the the beacons were lit and rides to gondor's aid there so like it there's so much more it's more to me about men taking their step forward and becoming that forefront force of good in middle earth and they succeed yeah so really nice conclusion to the whole series with all the characters and like you said the race of men yes okay so now that we have rewatched the entire lord of the rings extended edition trilogy mm. i have a question for you if you could meet any of the actors from this trilogy, who would you want to meet? Oh. Uh, that's actually fairly easy. Me too, actually. You go first, uh, though. S- uh, Ian McMillan? Ian McKellen. McKellen. <laughs> Sir Ian McKellen. Sir Ian McKellen. You can yeah, meet sorry. Ian McMillan. I'll meet Sir Ian McKellen. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have the same person? Yeah. Yes, a hundred percent. I'm meeting Gandalf. Well, one, of course, I'm meeting Gandalf. Yes, I want to. Yeah, I want to meet Gandalf. All right. Uh, one, two. He is like such an extensive career. Oh yeah. So like the conversations you could have about anything. Like yes. he's done Broadway and everything else. So yeah, and he'd be really awesome to talk with. Who's your number two? Because here's where I'm interested. If it goes in different ways. Oh man. So I know like it would be really cool to actually hang out with Elijah Wood. Cause like I've saw, I I don't know if you've seen that the YouTube series where it's like they eat or eat wings with different like levels of hot hot sauce on them. No, I haven't. <laughs> okay, and they like ask the person questions as they're trying these hotter and hotter wings, and it's like funny because it's almost like a form of torture. <laughs> so you get some really interesting answers from them. But they did one with Elijah Wood, and he just seems like a really cool like 
really cool guy who would like you just be able to have some really interesting conversations with but i would also like to do peter jackson okay just because i'd really like to know all of like the process that went into that what are some things you had to like you you wanted to add in you couldn't like get all the behind the scenes stuff that would be really neat see you said actors actors i said actors i guess i should have included peter jackson in there but I've, I could totally see Elijah Wood being somebody that would be cool to hang out with. Viggo Mortensen, again, Aragorn, would be a really good one there. Um, the other one that like instantly comes to mind, though, as well, Peter Jackson would be amazing. That'd be really cool. But I would love to hang out with Gollum himself as well. And oh, yeah. <laughs> just like... See, although I feel like that would be... I feel like he probably hates people <laughs> because they're always like, do the voice. Yeah, probably. But I'm I, sure he's probably really cool. I too. was gonna say Vigo would be my choice for number two, but I think Elijah. You know, would I would have. Really I would have also loved to have um, met with Christopher Lee. Yes, Saruman would have loved yeah. that. He just like reading that dude's bio. Oh my god! Like oh my gosh. him and him and Sir Ian McKellen. Uh, <laughs> McKellen. <laughs> both have McKellen. I say it right that time, right? I'm. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure it's mcclellan mcclellan oh my gosh don't kill me please i'm so sorry <laughs> i don't i'm not um, positive now you have sir me doubting ian. it i know well sir ian um him and sir ian have just had extensive careers so no you were right oh my god i was wrong so it is oh. sir ian mcclellan wow uh... yeah so body bag me please <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I was putting a McClellan in there instead of McKellen. Yeah. Okay, yes. It's all good. Wow. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we're done with Return of the King here. Um, did you want to announce what we're going to do next? Because I think no, there was a special we'll special film oh, you wanted yes. us to watch here. Yes. So we are going to... Our next one is going to be... Um, we, we might do some new stuff in between or not. We'll see what happens in the fantasy world. But we are definitely going to be doing uh, the animated Lord of the Rings. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Frank and Bass's version. And I'm very excited because... We're going to uh, get to kind of compare that to this, and I'm I'm not so much focused on like the animated ver- like animation versus this. Like uh, obviously we know the animation is probably <laughs> going to lead to us just some laughs, um, just because you know it was done in like the 80s or 70s. I don't I don't even 78 know, like, the date 78. Oh look at that, um, but really how they did the story, like what was included, what didn't wasn't included because when i think back to the hobbit version which is the one i probably watched the most that one did have uh did follow the book pretty closely so i like that one so much actually but yeah we'll be doing that and then i think after that uh we may, we may go on to we'll have to talk but we'll probably do shadow and bone after that or we could go on to the hobbit we'll see i think maybe we'll save the hobbit for later yeah, we'll save the Hobbit for later. We can do like a whole Hobbit series where we watch the animated Hobbit, but also watch the Hobbit films. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be great. I don't actually know if it's Rankin Bass that does the Lord of the Rings thing oh, here. Okay, we'll have to get some information on that and talk about that when we're doing that one. Um, do you have to say though? Thank you so much for listening, and um, 
please, if you if there's like something you guys want us to talk about or some reactions you have to things, please feel free to share them with us at Fantasy Rewind on Twitter, at Fantasy Rewind Pod on Instagram. Maybe one of these days we'll be able to figure out how to do like a, a reaction video <laughs> and have it on a YouTube, but we'll we'll have to see on that one. Um, yeah. Anything else still? No, I think that's good for me. Uh, so without farther ado, this is Just Two Nerds signing off. Goodbye. Peace. <laughs>